वेलकम टू द हिंदूज पॉडकास्ट Welcome you to this week's edition of the Parley. Uh, this is a weekly po- podcast uh, in the Hindu on contemporary policy developments and challenges facing the country. Uh, this week uh, we discuss the global coronavirus pandemic that has now effectively brought normal life to a full stop in India as well uh, after several other countries. With the number of positive cases rising uh, every passing day the central government has now extended a lockdown it had initially announced for 80 districts uh, to a three week period across the country uh, of course 32 states had already placed such restrictions before the pm announced the center's plan last night uh, the importance of social distancing in curbing the spread of the virus cannot be stressed enough but this also has huge repercussions on our livelihoods and the economy at large Uh, which has already been in the midst of a slowdown over the past year uh, with little visibility of the path ahead uh, in these uncertain times we have invited dr noshad forbes a former president of the confederation of indian industry and co-chairman of forbes marshall and uh, dr m govinda rao one of the country's top economists uh, who has been a member of the economic advisory council to the prime minister 14 finance commission and he's also served as the director of the national institute of public finance and policy dr forbes and dr rao welcome to the parley hello got to be with you to begin with uh, i wanted to understand from both of you you're so well read and uh, uh, you would have a better sense of if you see a parallel in recent uh, history uh, to the situation we're now seeing across the world due to the covid-19 virus Professor Rao, would you like to start, or would you like? Yeah. I, okay, um, Vikas, you mentioned that um, you are basically dealing with many challenges every week, right. but this is this is mother of all challenges. <laughs> no, no, you know, it's in the recent memory, one doesn't really see. You know, somebody, you know, in fact, the International Monetary Fund says that. you know 2008 financial crisis comes close but i think this is much much bigger than that uh, possibly one has to go to the times of great depression um, you know even qualitatively it's a very different type of um, you know so, sort of challenge because first you have to deal with the lives you have to save the lives then you have to save the livelihoods then you have to meet with the other costs like um, loss of loss you know sort of loss on on account of supply chain disruptions production loss employment loss and um, you know generally it's not just confined to one sector it, it gets encompassed the entire economy gets encompassed so i think there is no immediate policy instrument that you can put in place um because you have got to you don't even know how long the issue this pro- the problem will last the the depth of the problem that you are going to face will depend upon the length of uh, the period that you are going to to close yourself down and um, and uh, the extent to which uh, the virus uh, spreads uh, you know so the, so this is this is um, unique in many ways and um, it's not just in some countries it's you know it's, it's a global phenomenon so you do have a very very serious challenge So you know, as 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 Professor Rao has said, I think you know the 
the word that everyone has been using all around the world is unprecedented uh, because it truly is unprecedented. And it's unprecedented at different levels, as uh, Professor Rao pointed out. Um, it's unprecedented in its global scale. Uh, you know, ev every country is either deeply affected already uh, or uh, at the start of uh, being uh, more affected. Mm. So it's something that is truly, truly, that's truly spread all around the world uh, so dramatically, so quickly. Uh, it's unprecedented in the speed at which it's uh, growing. And it's unprecedented in terms of its uh, immediate impact on the lives of uh, individuals at all walks of life. I mean, you know, covering sectors, covering uh, economic uh, well-being, uh, it affects everyone. Uh, so I think at all those levels, it's truly unprecedented. And I think uh, we have one additional factor to, two additional factors to bear in, uh, in, in India is that, you know, our, we have a very, as you know, we have an, an economy which relies very heavily on informal employment right, for the bulk of our employment in the country. Uh, and if you have the bulk of the economy relying on informal employment, then you're reliant in a sense for wider economic well-being. You're reliant on the broader economy performing and functioning and the market performing, whatever, whatever role the state may try to play or play. Um, and that gets, when that is affected in a solid way, then, uh, you know, anything that you change in the functioning of the economy has unintended effects. Um, you know, I can give you just an example from these last few days. Um, you know, we, uh, uh, we, we have sometimes, I think, an, uh, a tendency to, to act um, and, then, uh, and then plan. Uh, you know, and it's, uh, you know, and it's, I, I worry about that. So I'll give you an example. Uh, on, uh, uh, on Saturday, uh, all manufacturing companies in Pune were told to shut down, right? Um, on, uh, on Sunday, all trains were stopped, right, in terms of long-distance trains. Yeah? Uh, and on Monday, all companies were told that, look, you must keep, you know, supporting your own staff and those of, uh, you know, contract workers and so on. Now, the sequence should have been the exact reverse, right? That first you work out with companies how they will ensure support uh, for everyone across the board. Then you stop the trains uh, so that you contain populations, right? And then you close the actual sources of employment. If you do it in the opposite sequence, uh, you end up with uh, what we saw on uh, Saturday and Sunday, which is thousands and thousands of people crowding into train stations uh, and getting on trains and buses heading out of town, potentially spreading the virus across the country, um, you know, which is obviously the unintended consequence. I'm not saying that anyone intended to do that. But I think when we sometimes act first without thinking through, uh, you know, what we actually want to achieve. So exactly as you mentioned, we need to achieve social distancing without question. Everyone agrees that. But the way to achieve social distancing is not to announce something which then brings suddenly crowds of people together uh, in a panic uh, to do something for their own, for their own security, well-being uh, and longer term, longer term success. I think, you know, I, I think we can a little bit of thought 
before we act uh, would help a lot actually taking that uh, thought forward very pertinent thought uh, and point raised by you dr folks is that you know in the last few days like you said formal as well as uh, the informal sector activity that is linked to formal as down to virtual halt i mean we are now hearing of lacks of truckers on the road uh, across state borders uh, you know really literally in the middle of where uh, also have several manufacturing firms forced to shut down uh, including you know auto companies and large employment generating sectors like coming to a halt so uh, in the medium and uh, short term what do you think is sort of translates uh, into for our output and incomes across the board uh, in informal and formal sectors because it's really a shutdown like you said the support uh, supporting measures for employees and contract laborers were announced after they had probably even left uh, their respective workplaces so how do you think this could sort of hurt us in the coming uh, year? so you know everything's come to a halt uh, right and uh, now you know i i want to say you know one thing for you know it's the right thing to do the lockdown is the right thing to do uh, without you know it's the right thing to do for the country it's the from everything that one reads from whatever understanding i have of uh, this area from reading the same things that we all read um you know everything everything ranging from really good uh, detailed papers to the university of whatsapp Uh, so you know it's a uh, you know everything says that a lockdown is the way in which to ensure social distancing and ensure that one tries to contain uh, the virus yeah so the lockdown is the right thing to do so that's the first point uh, second is uh, how do you how do you then uh, uh, limit the economic impact uh, and first who do you need to limit the economic impact for so you need to limit the economic impact without question for people who are most vulnerable and people who live day to day that's the first step so people who are earning um, in the in the informal sector or earning you know and they do not have savings to fall back on uh, what they earn this week uh, sometimes even today they spend uh, tomorrow you know it's a it's a day to day thing and how do you address that so what we've recommended for example from ci is a is a 5000 and 10000 rupee direct benefit transfer uh that is widespread and that goes uh, directly into the accounts of uh, everyone uh, as a way of uh, actually ensuring that this amount of money gets to especially it covers all the people who are the most vulnerable in the economy so that's the first way you try to limit the economic impact and hardship that may be caused then you start looking at medium to small companies and say what do you need because that's you know they have again very limited staying power the garment industry has been massively hit by this because they've had export orders simply cancelled they're not being paid a whole bunch of things and they're very labor intensive and need to pay people so their only way of actually surviving is going to be to stop paying people you don't want that to happen right so otherwise you spread that distress through the economy so you need to address their concerns and their needs uh, either through moratoriums on principal and interest payments you need to set up something where you do direct salary salary support as we've seen happen in the uk as we've seen happen in in switzerland as france has done 
um, and to ensure some employment is sustained. And then you need to extend it to larger labor-intensive companies as well, and companies that also, larger companies also, if they employ 20,000 people um, and they don't have enough money to pay salaries um, next month, um, we're going to see something rather critical happen within a week. So you need to figure out how we address that very immediately too. So I think that's the big second step. You know, how do you contain the economic fallout in the short run? And then the third piece, which we can come to later on, is how do you then ensure a smooth transition back to as much of normalcy as we can? But we can get to that later on. I think these are the two things that are, have a lockdown, but, but really prepare uh, and plan and work out how we can uh, limit the direct day-to-day -day immediate economic impact. The government has stopped <coughs> ensuring essential supplies remain unaffected. But, you know, people are obviously running scared and there will be uh, disturbances in supply chains due to the restrictions on movement. So, do you think, Dr. Rao, there could also be inflationary risks for the economy given that <coughs> lower oil prices are... Now, I'll, I'll, to begin with, I'll supplement what um, uh, Dr. Forbes said. You see, one of the biggest problems in the system that I see is the capacity of the state to deal with the problem. Mm. You know, I mean, you know, you do need, you know, the point is that the reaction that we have is knee-jerk reaction. You, know, you, have, you must have seen it coming. You know, you must have, you should, you should have calibrated it to see how you smoothly you can, you know, get into the system. Rather than simply saying that I am now docking down, I will stop the trains and this and that. I mean, you know, you know, that shows the lack of capacity of the state. And the same problem happens, you know, when you are dealing with the, the you know, sort of both the short-term issues as well as the long-term issues. You know, you know, on the one hand, you know, you, you, you're still confused about what you really have to do. I think today you cannot just bother about, you know, the whole lot of issues related to your fiscal deficit and, you know, matters related to that. You just have to say that I have to save the lives of the people. That's much more important than everything else. Okay. If you have to save the lives of the people, then, you know, again, the CIA's recommendation of 5,000 and 10,000 that they said, I mean, they possibly when they said it, they didn't think of the 21-day lockdown. Now, you know, you have a 21-day lockdown and you don't even know what you're going to, what, what you're, you're going to be faced with. So there has to be a massive, you know, sort of, you know, the, the, I mean, this has to become a part of the entire thing. Redistribution is a major issue that now comes in. And thankfully, you have... You know, you have you have a much better targeting device now than what it existed earlier. So basically, you need to target them and then please go and target them. Again, you know, yesterday there was some half-hearted attempt at talking about some regulatory uh, relaxation. No, I think there is much more to it that you have to you have to deal with. You know, I mean, you know, the issue. I mean, that as we go along, there will be a much more serious issue relating to the non-performing assets and the recognition of the non-performing assets. And of course, small and medium industry. You know, I mean, this is also an opportunity where you know, sort of, you can, you know, you you can give, you know, introduce a much better social security system, and then you know, start working on the labor laws. You know, you can't really work on labor laws without working on the social security system. You have an opportunity to do that. But anyway, that's a, that's a, that's a longer uh, term issue. But I think 
augmenting the state capacity. I don't know how you are going to do it because otherwise, you know, in the eight o'clock in the night, the prime minister comes and then for twenty-one days I am closing down. Now there is a run on the run on the shops at eight o'clock. You know, there is everywhere people are running about. You know, I mean, couldn't this have been done it as smooth as this thing? I mean, people understand. It is not that people don't understand. You know, you say that look, I mean, you know, whatever essential supplies would be available. You know, this is the way we should go about. You know, simply say that I am putting a Lakshman Lakshman Rekha outside your house, and then you you know, I mean, that really you know scares people. But anyway, regulatory there has to be. As I said, the immediate issue is look, you know, sort of your focus on health. We never cared to focus on the health care. We never spent enough money on the health care. I mean, so this is a time that you have to see how exactly you can establish the public health system, and that's one. Second thing is livelihood issues, and you know, you have the Jandan, you know, Aadhaar accounts. You have, um, you know, sort of you have ration ration cards. You have, uh, uh, you know, sort of. I mean, at a, at a unit at a uh, unit level, you can ask the units. You know, the interesting part is that um, you know, as uh, Arvind said, in Arvind Panigdia said, um, you know, something like 85% of the the employees are in in uh, in units with less than 20 workers. Now, I mean. You know, it's come. I mean, you know. In fact, Dr. Forbes said that is a massive, unorganized sector that you are dealing with. But still, whichever way you have to uh, sort of, you can target the thing. You need to do inflation. Of course, you know. Immediately, we cannot. You know, it's like um, you know. Immediately after the Great Depression, you had the New Deal program in the United States. Now, the external environment is not easy. Domestic environment has been in the difficult phase throughout, and now it is going to be. You know, you one shouldn't even be talking about what growth rate you are talking about this thing. I don't think there is. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I think there will be a massive um, contraction in in both the industrial output. Again, it all depends on how long the thing is going to last. But since. I mean, if you see in the in the course of the one year, in the last one year, something like four lakh crores or four trillion rupees have been actually injected into the system through additional money supply, whether it is long-term operations, dollar rupee swaps, or open market operations. You know, more than four lakh crores have been put in. Now, if once this is, you know, immediately, well, immediately after the thing settles down, now is the If that additional money is, you know, goes into, you know, using better capacity and you, you know, capacity utilization improves, I think the income there there can be a V-shaped recovery. But but how it happens, you know, I mean, whether it happens or not, we don't know. But that also a potential, you know, sort of source of inflation. But that's something which we need to we can't bother about it today. But that will have to be dealt with as we go along. In all these, again, the capacity of the state continues. Right, so, Dr. Forbes, uh, would you agree with uh, Dr. Rao on the point of uh, regulatory compliance uh, deadlines that were extended yesterday? There's still some fuzziness on, you know, how NPA recognition will be treated beyond the 90-day period. And uh, would you say that this regulatory forbearance that the government has talked of is sufficient, uh, even as? Um, so, 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 you know, it's it's a classic necessary but uh, 
not sufficient uh, issue. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think I didn't hear anything yesterday that wasn't necessary to do or the right thing to do, right? So those were all the right things to do. Uh, but that's uh, that's you know you 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 can you can have regulatory forbearance um, uh, and extend regulatory forbearance uh, for uh, returns that are there to be filed. Um, you know, if there is some question on whether you survive long enough to file your return, then you need to address that too. So I think, uh, yes. Yeah, so, so I think you know, you need you have. There are more immediate and pressing things that one needs to address. Uh, and I think those were so they were all necessary things, but it's not enough. Uh, and I think we need some very direct, tangible things. I want to come back to the state capacity point that mm. Professor Rao mentioned. Um, right. He's exactly right about. Uh, what we that we struggle with uh, state capacity. Uh, the first thing that I'd say is that you know, and I think uh, even the most optimistic individual around um, doesn't think we can fix the state capacity problem while we're addressing uh, this uh, this real crisis today, right? But I think if we start by recognizing that we have very limited state capacity, then we think, then we and then we think about how do we get the desired outcome with an assumption of limited state capacity. Yeah? So for example, uh, I would like to see a massive campaign, a massive publicity campaign that's launched on what social distancing means and why it's important to do. So that message gets across to everyone. So everyone knows that, listen, regardless of what announcement may or may not come out, right? don't crowd outside a shop together. Right. This is not social distancing. This is the first thing you have to avoid. Right. And then if you say that, look, my action in announcing something like that is going to prompt just this. Let me first send out all the reassurances that are needed that grocery stores will be open that the government has said. Right. But what they haven't said, if you read the uh, if you read the actual notification, it doesn't say how groceries will get to homes. Right. Um, there are some vague references to it being delivered. Right. That sounds to me like a horrendous task to take on. If the state capacity is limited, the state should not take on the task of delivering groceries to 1.3 billion people. That sounds to me like a very foolish approach. Yeah. So instead, rely on people going and doing the right thing. So you say, look, grocery stores are going to be open. And here are the rules under which people can go and buy groceries. Grocery stores can decide for themselves if they wish to be open 24 hours, right? Um, we will allow a maximum of so many people per square foot in the store, right? And we're counting on the grocery stores themselves to maintain this for their, their own health and the health of all the people who come there, right? We will encourage everyone to go not in groups but single individually you can even say you know very limited in terms of transport right you can say if you walk and go to a grocery store you're welcome to go as long as you go alone um, you can specify all of this ahead of time and reassure people that there's going to be no issue with that second your point on trucks that are all lined up right um, know the police interpret things in the absence of great clarity the police make their own rules. And, uh, you know, so, so it, it doesn't matter that private security is explicitly excluded. It's, it's, it's treated as an essential service. Uh, just yesterday, 
uh, we had several instances of private security guards trying to get to work, um, you know, being stopped by the police, sometimes somewhat aggressively and uh, actually, you know, r completely wrongly. I mean, you know, and these are these are people who are doing this, doing this as an essential service. Uh, they're doing it for their own livelihoods. Uh, and uh, I think we can we can handle all this better with some transparency in rules without then saying, okay, now the state will take on additional additional tasks to handle itself. So I think, you know, start with the principle that state capacity is highly limited and then say, now we want this outcome with the assumption of highly limited state capacity. How will I achieve this end outcome? And I think we can do it quite a lot, quite a bit more effectively than we have. We're trying to do the right things, but I think we're going about it uh, in uh, in the wrong way. I think we're going about it in a manner which, where again, I'm saying I think we're 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 we're, we're acting we're acting first um, and then preparing after. I I also wanted to get a sense of you know, given that some other countries uh, have already announced some economic packages and the. Prime Minister and the Finance Minister have both talked about an economic package being in the works for India as well. We don't know the contours of yet or who will be the uh, you know people advising the government on this. But seeing what we've seen in the world so far, including what Ireland announced uh, last night, uh, what do you see are some of the best practices, given that India's context is very different from, say, in Italy or US or, or UK, what do you think are some of the... Uh, best practices that could apply to India and we should inculcate in the economic package that we might need. I'll, I'll let Professor Rao address that first. Sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I think the immediate They're both very polite. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The immediate task, um, you know, is um, you know, as I said, relief to those uh, unorganized workers who are you know who are likely to lose their who will lose their jobs anyway. Right. You know, some of the state governments have been proactive in this regard. In fact, Kerala is one of those states which has come out with uh, something. I was it, and then of course, then you know what happens is that some state comes with some package, some state comes with some other package. I mean, this doesn't really. You know, you know, it's, it's so actually one of the most important things that the government of India should do is to work out a package immediately. I mean, they can't just lose time because confidence is more important. People have to get the confidence that is, you know, so we are being looked after. And, um, you know, so the government has to come out and say that this is the amount of money, you know, sort of that we are going to immediately transfer. If necessary, after 21 days, we may we may come back to it, you know, and then, you know, as and again, you know, that assurance that you know, sort of the unorganized sector people will be taken care of uh, to begin with. Small industries, again, you know, it's important to say that look, this is the the immediate in the immediate context. This is the the regulatory forbearance that we are, we are making, we are announcing. But as we go along, we will have a look at it, and then, if necessary, we will return to it and then see what additional things can be done. You know, keep that open so that you see there is always a possibility. You know, in all these matters, what happens is that there will be you know, particularly when when you do this regulatory relaxation there will be you know some, you know it's like softening the constraint and then there will be some some people will take you know take 
you know, the advantage of this. But then that's not the time to think about those. I mean, you really, now and then, of course, you know, you possibly the minister, finance ministers come out and say that, look, we will do whatever it takes. That means, that is, yeah, I'm not going to bother about the fiscal deficit this year because that's, you know, I mean, all the time we are prisoners in that. No, I mean, you know, I'm a fiscal fundamentalist. Let me put it this way. But the, given the type of nature of situation that we, we, you know, we are we are in, I think the government will have to make an announcement that we will do whatever it takes, and this is the immediate thing that we are going to do. <laughs> and and as we go along, we will come back to it. And then, you know, as I said, for working capital needs, and you know, for um, you know. You know, sort of whatever are the requirements that we need to do. Um, you know, these these measures have to be very calibrated. You know, in a calibrated manner, they have to be put out, and you should not lose much time. And that has to be done very quickly. Pope, would you agree? Uh, yes, I think you you need you need immediate. I agree. You need immediate action. And I think uh, more than anything else, actually, a certain you know, you try to bring in you know the 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 most damaging thing for any economy is uncertainty and the single big variable the single big variable is the coronavirus uh, so i think we should limit the variability to only the virus and its impact because that's truly something we cannot control and we cannot determine our actions can try to mitigate but they cannot control it at the end of the day you know this is not something that we're that we're that we can control and be on top of, but we can be on top of our response. Yeah, and so for example, if we if we announce, you know, that look, a family is going to get five thousand rupees now, right? And we also announce in another two weeks you'll get another five thousand rupees. That provides a degree of security, which says that listen, don't say five thousand rupees. This is your one shot. No, you know, you know, there's another five thousand coming in another two weeks, right? That's very, very comforting and helpful, right? I don't have to say you'll get it every two weeks for the next three months, but if you say you'll get it, you know, even just this one and the next one, I think that's very reassuring for people. Yeah, if you say these are the rules under which you can go out and buy the groceries and essential things that you need, if you need to see a doctor, this is how you would do it. You know, if you, the more we can, the more we can actually be clear and limited in our communication, and then leave it to individuals to control behavior and get them to control their neighbors' behavior. I think is the is a, is, a, is is the right is the right way to try to do it. So I would say, you know, the more we can remove uncertainty. Uh, I mean, what we should not have is uncertainty about economic action. So let me let me give you a small example. Uh, as a company, like everyone else, you know, last year, last week, sorry, uh, it seems like last year. Last week we went. To, uh, we went last week. We went to uh, working 50% uh, from home and 50% at work. Yeah, many many companies around the country did this, right? Three days later, of course, we had the shutdown, so we've all been at home. Some of us working from home. Um, the actual production and manufacturing people on leave. Yeah. Now, okay, then yesterday we had the announcement for 21 days. Now, this was earlier supposed to be till the 31st of March. It's good to know that it's now 21 days. Yeah. So you might think, 
okay, hey, listen, you know, earlier we thought it would this would be off in another in another week. Now it's going to be three weeks, right? It's good to know it because earlier we thought, okay, it might be it might be the thirty first, but it might it not might be, be, right? So by announcing three weeks, right, you one element of uncertainty. Okay, so we can now, as a company, start getting our heads around. Okay, it's three weeks. Let's figure out what we have to do, given that it's three weeks. Yeah. So I think you remove, remove one element one. of uncertainty. It's useful, even though the potential damage from three weeks is very significant. So I think you know that's what I would recommend. That you know that the more we can remove layers of uncertainty, uh, the more successful we will be as an economy because. You know, as 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 Professor Rao will tell you, the the essence of uh, the essence of incentives is uh, uh, is equality of information, and equality of information is largely there to remove uncertainty. If you uh, throw uncertainty into the equation, then information becomes uh, variable to different individuals. Yeah. Thank you. A couple of uh, quick questions. I know both of you uh, would have stuff to go back to in a bit, but uh, one, there has been a lot of clamor for at least from uh, stock market participants who are finding it difficult to get to work for the essential function that the stock market be shut down. Now, is that something that both of you have a take on? Uh, I, you know, yeah, yeah, professor, maybe Professor Rao can answer that question, but I have. You know, I've I've never claimed to understand the stock market and its movings. <laughs> um, um, you know, I think I think stock values reflect underlying value in the long run. Um, in the short run, I have no confidence that they reflect anything. So um, you know, so so I I don't know what the right thing to do for the stock market is. Uh, to the extent that one can again limit. The congregation of many people in one space uh, sounds to me like a sensible move. But is there some way of doing that, uh, you know, and allowing uh, a degree of, of, of remote trading and so on? Uh, perhaps there is. I, I, I have, I have no, I have, I, I don't, I wouldn't claim to understand the workings of the stock market well enough to be able to recommend anything to you. So, <laughs> If an industrialist like uh, Dr. Forbes doesn't understand the stock market, you know, I have never I have never dealt with the stock market in any sense of the term. But in any case, I think uh, you know, since you know, we have come a long way from the 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 old type of trading in the in the market in the stock market, and particularly after the establishment of National Stock Exchange. So there is a lot of um, thing that can be done at home. You know, you don't. You know, there are virtual markets. I mean, you don't really have to really go and then start shouting. You, you know, you were, uh, you know, this thing. I think to the extent that they can avoid um, crowds and to the extent that they can, you know, do it. You know, sort of, you know, at home. I think they should. Uh, they should be able to do it. I mean, quite a lot of the transactions in National Stock Exchange actually happens. You know, not uh, you know by going there and then, but you know basically virtual transaction, and that's the way, way forward. But uh, in a limited sense, my man, that doesn't mean that you should shut down the stock market. Uh, see, it is a barometer. Mm. You know, in the sense that 
you know, in the immediate context, it may not tell you what your economy is doing. I mean, because you see, something is happening the world over, the things have, you know, sort of, it, it has caught on everywhere. But the point is that, you see, it's, there's something, you know, you, you, don't, you don't kill the messenger. It gives you a message. Right. A uh, couple of other points, you know, in this kind of a situation where, you know, an individual country's actions can only do so much because you really do need global coordinated action. Uh, you know, the government has, of course, talked about uh, reviving the SART uh, partnership so that South Asia as a region sort of responds collectively. But do you think at a, a larger global level, maybe at the G20, uh, IMF, World Bank, multinational forums, is there a, a sort of a wish list from that level of leadership in the world? Uh, from very, very much. I think there's a, there's a real need. Um, and I think at present in the initial in the initial panic that every country is uh, going through, um, the, 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 the normal inclination is to say, let me look after my own issues and people first because there's, you're, we're just overwhelmed with dealing with that. Um, but I think as, uh, uh, as some of that becomes clearer and some of those actions are put in place, uh, people will start thinking uh, about what it needs to happen globally. Uh, there was a very nice very article nice. by Arvind Subramanian uh, uh, a few days ago, uh, where he talked actually about the need for international aid and global coordination to address issues of global public public health. And I think uh, uh, you know we need to come back to that as an issue. That you know that one of the things that we need to do as a more coordinated response. Um, second. How do we uh, ensure that things, that actions that we take do not, uh, do not unduly affect negatively uh, the prospects of other countries? Um, and then third, uh, how do we together achieve something much better, uh, whether it's in the area of public health or in the better of an economic response? So I think, uh, uh, you know, we will come back to that. The G20 is the right forum to trigger something like that. Uh, one of the things that we're talking about is to see how the B20, uh, the business 20, um, can actually connect one with the other and uh, uh, and start uh, in their in our own economies and across borders start uh, seeing how we can play some role in that uh, in that in that in that whole process of global coordination to this uh, current crisis. Well, I, I'll only supplement by saying that you see, there is there has already been quite a bit of um, monitoring using everywhere. You know, in fact, you see, the interest rates have been cut down in most of the most of the the G20 countries. So, you know, even without having to you know get together, there has been a certain certain degree of coordinated action. So whenever um, you know, it's like um, when you had the the global financial crisis. You know, there was a coordinated, coordinated action, you know, at least at the, at the time, you know, in terms of the, you know, the, the response that is the immediate response. I think this could be organized, you know, sort of G20 can basically do it. But I don't really have much of a hope for this um, SARC and things like that. I and mean, I don't think SARC has been any, you know, successful in any of the any of things. But then G20 is the the right forum um, where I think this is, you know, so this can be taken forward. But that is basically, you know, that comes later. But the immediate thing is to fight the virus. 
and there you don't really have i think that requires individual country actions particularly to protect the livelihoods of the people mm. and international action is you know going to be for the recovery and then of course for the recovery or the sharing of the you know the the fruits of research and then trying to find out a you know sort of solution to the virus problem you know proper medicine for the virus problem and these are the issues but but the the basic immediate context individual countries will have to ramp up their own capacities and then do in fact in the sense of capacity they got they should do what they can do and then do what they can they shouldn't get on to those areas you know sort of um, you know there is always this problem when the markets fail the governments will have to take over but what do you do when the governments fail i mean you don't really have a you know easy solution to these problems so they you need to really focus on where they can do what they can do how they can do and then you know what sort of a response is required at this stage but then global things will come i mean as i said you know sort of you could say that you know i mean the reserve bank has already said that they will do whatever it takes which basically implies that they are willing to do the monetary easing as much as that is required i mean that basically that basically adds up to that now the government has to come up and say that we will do whatever it takes it means that say i am going to loosen the purse in order to save the lives of the people and you know that's that's the that's the way i would say global things are extremely important but as i said they that comes when um, you know our immediate issues are taken care of so one last thing i know this uh, conversation has gone on longer than our usual palace but then we are dealing with a much more profound issue than our typical uh, issues that we discuss every week one last thing in in your analysis uh, 3 weeks from now as we say roughly 15th april what would be the best case scenario for us to be in i mean uh, hope against hope <laughs> so the the best case scenario is uh, you know we sh- so we should by the way do some scenario planning we should say you know what's a best case scenario uh, uh what's also a worst case scenario uh, right. what's uh, in between and and then uh, you know for those three have actions uh, in place yeah and where by the way the actions are also made transparent to people so that they can prepare accordingly yeah? so uh, especially in our kind of environment yeah so so the so i think the best case scenario to me is that the three week uh, the three week lockdown delivers in terms in the first few days we're going to see a continued rise in cases and we shouldn't expect that to turn down anytime soon in terms of days because you know you know i would say there's a minimum of 10 days before you can expect a lockdown a successful lockdown to have an effect because of the gestation of the virus uh the amount of time that from when it shows up as symptoms uh to when the person gets goes and gets tested and to when you get test results so you know it's at least 10 days before you would expect anyone who's infected today uh to uh start showing up in the actual statistics of infection right so 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 we need at least 10 days before we can expect to see any impact uh, of the lockdown showing up so that's what we should start by looking for best case scenario is that 10 days from now we start seeing a flattening of the growth rate um a few more days later we see the curve starting to turn down and if the curve starts to turn down then in terms of number of new cases per day that's the key metric in a way then we should we should 
say, okay, where the lockdowns having its intended effect, um, going forward, uh, we will we will simply see this continue on the basis of this uh, lockdown that's been it's it's achieved its objective. How do we now start working towards recovery? And we should put those plans in place now. So we will not go back. I think on day one after these three weeks, to everything's now normal. Everyone can do whatever they wished. Right. But you start by saying, OK, look, all manufacturing can start again. Right. Now, what does manufacturing start again? Does everyone show up at work all at once or do we have a more limited um, assessment? If you have the curve, the, the, the downward curve pointing down sharply, then you say maybe 50 percent can be back at any point in time, um, but up to 50 percent. Right. And then we'll see it for another two or three weeks how that actually sustains. And then we'll see what else we can do. You know, shops can open again, but again with a certain amount of limited, uh, limit, you know, limited operations where you'd say, you know, a limited number of people, et cetera, with all the social distancing, etc., constantly being enforced, you know, and suggested. You probably will not allow anything which involves mass gatherings of people to happen, uh, even in even in the best case scenario, immediately after the three weeks. So you're not going to have large conferences, you're not going to have movie theaters, you're not going to have uh, sports stadiums, uh, you know, filled with people. You shouldn't, right? Uh, even in a best case scenario. Those are the things that will come last. Yeah. So I think, you know, the best case scenario is we start seeing things that start turning the, uh, the curve back up in terms of output, in terms of getting people back to work, in terms of enabling people to move around, um, but following certain norms of social distancing and, and so on until we actually uh, get 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 the number of cases down into uh, down into well really speaking down into uh, you know the, the what they what they say there was a good article recently that said you need to get the the r of the number of cases that each infection leads to you know that, that each per infected person infects how many people if you can get the r down below one Meaning that for every infected case, you have less than one person that he or she affects, uh, infects. Uh, then you're on a down. Then you ensure a downward slope continuing. Um, and if we can get keep the R below one, um, then we can get back to more normal life on an ongoing basis, step by step by step. But I really think there's need for a coordinated uh, uh, plan around this. Uh, I really think there's a lot of value in this plan being as transparent as it possibly can and indeed the deliberation to come up with the plan being as transparent as it possibly can we will then end up with probably a much more robust better well thought through set of preparations well i think um, you know the first thing that the government immediately will have to do is massively you know ramp up its um, you know sort of uh, testing you know, I, I think we have not done enough testing as yet. There's a huge, you know, I mean, we still do not know what the magnitude of the problem is. We are, you know, I mean, I think, you know, in fact, you see, there are newspaper reports now say that you see, sometimes you don't even know that you have a problem. You know, sort of, so, so substantial ramping up of testing. And um, obviously, once you increase that, then you, obviously the numbers are likely to show much increase, as um, Dr. Forbes said. They are likely to show increase um, substantially for the next 10 days. And, um, you know, again, this 21 days has been 
you know, the prime minister's address basically says that, you know, sort of experts say that is after that there will be flattening of the sort of a thing. So even if you take the best case scenario, even if there is some this thing, so this will be different in different places. So you may have to basically look at the relax differential relaxation, not, you know, you will have to calibrate that. You know, and there are areas where the things are still very serious. I mean, you know, interstate movement and inter-district movement, whatever you want to, this thing, you may have to do it, but then you have to do it in a very calibrated manner, very transparent manner and say that, you know, this is the, you know, if we, if we have our numbers like this, we are going to allow uh, certain, you know, sort of these activities to happen. So in a calibrated manner, if you are able to do that, you know, you know, gradually, you know, sort of you can cover the entire area. But then, you know, that's the best case scenario. You know, you'll also have to prepare yourself for, you know, sort of what additional things that we need to do. My own feeling is that after 21 days, there will be some areas in the country which, which, which would be elite, which where you can, you can have economic activities without having much movement. You know, sort of, you know, you can, you can possibly ramp up your production network in some of these areas. But, you know, but in other areas, the restrictions will have to, you know, possibly continue. So you will have to do, I mean, as I said, in a very calibrated manner. And, um, but it is, I mean, we should be prepared for a long haul. Let me also, you know, uh, say this, we should be prepared for a long haul. Life is not going to be easy. You know, I'm, I, I, you know, my own concern for the, for the next generation, the kids are not going to school. Mm. And many of these, you know, some of these kids from, you know, good families, you see that, you know, parents may teach and do something. What about those children who know who's, you know, who, who do not really have, they can't go to school, they can't go to play, they can't do anything. You know, you really have a, a crisis happening there. You know, after all, 40% of the population is in the age group of 0 to 14. So what do you do with them? No, on that note, I think uh, we will keep our fingers crossed and hope that we do find the best case scenario situation, if not in three weeks, maybe in a month from now. Uh, but at the same time, I think the country and its policymakers, like you both rightly pointed out, need to be prepared to guide us to the worst possible scenarios as well. And I think there is a consensus among you that there is a great need for being clear in what you communicate and being transparent about different scenarios and how we'll handle those scenarios as they play out. Um, thank you again because I don't think I could have eloquently been able to put forth what both of you have been able to bring to the table and I think I'm sure our uh, readers and viewers will find it instructive and also give them things to, food for thought on the way forward for the world and of course India. Uh, Thanks again, Dr. Forbes. Thanks, Dr. Rao, for your precious time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very much, Vikas. Thanks. 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 Than